now tuned in to the cold hard truth. Cayman's number one hard-hitting live podcast show, where we feature some straightforward conversations on political, social, and celebrity news, and all things happening in the Cayman Islands and around the world. This show was created to give the people a voice and a means of being involved and informed without any filters. Sometimes it gets crazy, but we always keep it real. We bring you the tea piping hot so grab your favorite beverage and join the conversation via whatsapp at 324-1612 email tips at caymanmorrowroad.com now here's your host sandy hill broadcasting live from the beautiful cayman islands Having the questions, right? And and he was and he was found near near Barker's. Yeah, uh, is what I heard. Good morning, Sandy. How are you? Is she there? We're hosting the show today. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you are. You are. Good morning, CMR. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, we were just talking about the unfortunate outcome of the oh. missing voter. Yeah, that's so sad. Yeah, you know, you kind of even yesterday, I was like, maybe, just maybe. A miracle. Miracles happen every day. Um, I think I was obviously hoping against hope that he could still be found somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like maybe he had washed ashore and he was kind of like unconscious. Or, you know, you always come up with these amazing stories in your head. Yeah. Right. How things could potentially still play out in a positive way. Mm-hmm. But, you know, obviously the logical side of me was thinking, yeah, this isn't going to end well. Um, yeah. So I After wasn't surprised. It was unfortunate. Um, young guy, I don't I don't know if we have an exact age yet, but I know he was like in his twenties. So wow. yeah. Yeah. That's sad. Very sad. What uh what other headlines you got for us this morning, Sandy? Uh there's a press briefing this afternoon. Okay. What time is that? At, uh three o'clock. And uh, do we know okay. what that's about? Um, a couple of different things gonna are gonna be discussed. So they're gonna talk about um you know, I guess where we're at with COVID. Um, mm-hmm. We haven't had a press briefing in a couple of weeks now. So we'll hear a bit more about that. Uh, obviously, the schools have closed early during midterm break. Right. But, you know, we continue to get cases. So there was one yesterday at a local law firm. That's connected to one of the schools, though. Ah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. That's so do they shut down to... the law firm? What goes on now? Sorry? Do they shut down the law firm now? No. <laughs> Definitely not. Well, see, but that's the thing. If uh, I don't know, are you? I mean, well, you have to contact be, trace. Yeah, you gotta. I thought you yeah. had to clean. Yeah, I mean, immediately the good thing about contact tracing is obviously they knew. I think pretty quickly that um, this person was connected to uh, another student at John Gray High School who had already tested positive. So, but they could have been um, at home anyways. 
Um, no, they, they weren't. And I think, I think it's because sometimes it's like extended family and they're not thinking when they're doing the contact tracing that, oh yeah, you know, I, I hung out with my nephew, um, mm. you know, a week ago or whatever. So I should also be included in the contact tracing. Right. Well, but that's what I'm saying. Like if we were going to do every, well, like, you know, we stayed home when my youngest had the, had the scare mm -hmm. or yeah. not the scare, had the positive. Um, and so we stayed home just cause we didn't, but we were never told to stay home. So it's kind of like, it's just, it's, I don't know. I just feel I like the know, rules are all over the place. I don't know how you can open borders and, and not be in this position or even worse. Well, you can't, I mean, we'll all be yeah. all the quarantine and all well, the tourists the will be out. So, you know, either we're, we're going to open borders or we're going to stay locked down forever. Yeah. And not allow anybody in or out. I think you know one I mean? of the, um, I think one of the interesting things really about the community spread that we've had is I believe that mentally it's preparing people in a way, because I think it would have been far worse for us to go from zero community spread and remain in that bubble, like psychological bubble and then open up and have this happen. Cause they would have blamed it on the opening. You see? Yeah. Now the thing is at some point, um, it's going to happen. It's going to be rampant on this island and you can't lock down the entire island again. Right. You just you have to learn to but, live but with it. Understanding that as we understand it and then understanding that on an emotional level are really two different things. So you and I are like, yeah, you know, we're ready, whatever. There's a lot of other people who weren't ready for it. So I think now this has given them a taste of what it's going to be like. And that's why we announce every single one because we don't think it's a big deal. You know, some people are like, oh my God, you're you're fear mongering. I'm like, how is that fear mongering? Tell no me one's that. in the hospital on a ventilator. Yeah, I'm like, what's, what's the are are wonderful. Nobody's in the hospital. Period. Actually, are they all? Well, yeah, nobody's in the hospital. Is everyone out of the hospital? Yep. Yeah. So I'm like, listen, we're just we're just telling you all, you know, um, exactly what's happening. Yeah. And so you know. Listen, um, I mean, it is what it is. It's yeah. kicking the can down the road, no matter what exactly. we do. So yeah. if you, I mean. I mean, we could, we could wait yeah. until, uh, you know, kids five and, and older get, can get vaccinated. And then, you know, that's better. Yeah. yeah. But how, when's that happening? Well, they're saying like. Well, the, the FDA is getting closer to um, approving. Um, I think the application, the formal application has actually been made. Mm -hmm. And so they're considering it. Um but of course, that doesn't mean that we're going to do that right away or that the majority of people here are going to jump on that either. So, you know, it'll it'll take some time. Um, I think the what people need to realize is that we don't have a whole lot of time to remain closed is the problem. We can't. When you say we can't stay closed forever, the truth of the matter is we probably can't even stay closed for another quarter um, from a financial perspective. And I think that's where the reality really needs to set in for a lot of people. Yeah, but the other thing, the other you know side of that coin is that that when you do open there, there's no flights anyway you know there, there's exactly. no airlines flying because they're not so, coming here yeah um they need to sort that out and they're not going to just they're not going to the government's not going to announce today or oh, we're opening next month and then all the airlines right. are going to say jump on on board it, it doesn't work like that mm -hmm. they yeah. know that though yeah so it's yeah. gonna that, that will take some time to to get all those flights back in place For yep sure. yeah yep so but, I mean, but every flight that comes in, you know, um, you know, you you read it every day. I mean, there there's positive cases and travelers, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, 
just like yesterday. Yeah. Uh, 15 positive tests, two positive tests and travelers, 13 from the community, including the community. children. Yeah. And they do um and they do a PCR test on arrival, like when they get off the plane. I'm not they, sure what the rules are anymore. Um, <laughs> to be honest with you. I, I don't think they're doing that anymore. I think they come with a PCR negative test, which would be like 72 hours before. Yeah. So then we're finding um, out after a quarantine who's positive. Right. And mm -hmm. It's kind of the same as positive cases in the community. It's you know well, I it. get it. People are like, okay, well then you unleash them, then there's going to be more. Yeah. Totally. Well, get that. I think it'll be interesting because yeah. as the U.S. moves more towards, I mean, they're actually looking at domestic travel, um, forcing those persons to um, to um, sorry to be vaccinated as well. So as other countries put these uh, mandates in place, it does help us also. You know, because if you if you're an American yeah. citizen and you travel out of the country, I'm presuming to get back in, you better be vaccinated. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So. Yeah. We'll see. It's, it's a hard one. You know, yeah. it, there's no there's no easy answer. I wonder if that's true for is it American citizens to get back in. We we have to be back. Um, I mean, well, they say people coming in. So would not not uh, include their own citizens. I know yesterday. They no, I don't believe it does. I, would, I mean, it, it, it wouldn't here. It, it doesn't. Uh, it, that does not. It doesn't extend to American citizens. No, I think it's the same as like it's only, you know, Visitors. foreign workers here that have to get vaccinated. Yeah. So I think right. it's I think it's the same kind of thing. It would be good though because it would keep a lot of people that sure. I don't really want to see away. Yeah. Did you guys yeah. hear about this um, uh, bow and arrow guy? Yeah, that was. Yeah, I'm going to talk about a little bit this morning, but that's pretty crazy, right? That is crazy. Sad. I mean, yeah. this guy went out with a bow and arrow and killed five people and wounded yeah. two others yesterday. Yeah. In in Norway. In, in Norway, Norway, I know. You never hear Norway in the news for craziness, but there you go. I mean, not in a long, long time. time, not since well, like 2011. It's yeah. And I mean, look, yeah. there's always going to be that. But I mean, that's, from that's that, every from that day youth camp. in America. I mean, you remember that youth camp situation? That was Norway. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was 77 God. kids. That was, mm. oh, God, I can't believe you even reminded me of that. Yeah, that was terrible. Uh, well, when Norway does it, they, you know, they, they, they go big. Yeah. Um, this guy apparently was some sort of, um, uh, he he was some sort of radicalist. Really, uh, you don't say. Yeah, he was. He he was. I don't. They know, never are. He was a Muslim who was radicalized. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's not surprising, I guess. Wild though. I mean, if yeah, I, I would. I mean, I'd rather take my chances with a guy on a loose with a bow and arrow than than a gun, though. Listen, it's radicalized. Like, it's like Hunger Games. Radicalized anybody is just absolutely terrifying these days. Yeah, it doesn't matter where you're from. Radicalization is all over in all forms, and it's just here we are. Radicalization. Yeah. I think there's a lot of people that are like turning the vaccine, people against the vaccine in that way too. You know? I was just, I was just thinking that. Funny enough, when you said that, oh, I'm like, oh, we got a lot of radical conspiracy theorists. They're just holding on to that yep. theory no matter what, and and they legit get upset with me when I'm trying to um, put Give correct that. information out there. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, because wow. they're conclusion shopping their own narrative. They're like, go ahead and block me. I know you want to well, block me. I'm not going to talk to you anymore because well, you're, you don't want to consider my conspiracy theory. Because I work in a hospital, I should know. I'm just like, Crazy. that's even scarier. Totally. Well, as we said, your little one yesterday, um, Blake. You saw uh, Miles? Yeah, apparently. Where? Everybody's like, this Where is Miles. Blake, Blake smiled. Oh, okay. 
uh, where he goes for his little um, play group. Oh, okay. Yeah, and you um, were there? I, I don't go for the play group, but we do swimming lessons there. Oh. So we went inside briefly, and they were like, Miles is hiding behind the sofa. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, that's it. They were like, come and say hi. He was like, no. <laughs> say hi to Aunt Sandy. <laughs> so it's so funny how, hey, kids interact all over the place, right? That's it. I know. It's so funny because I'm like, oh, I know your kid. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Oh, yeah. no, no. My my kids play with your kids. That's all. I yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes my daughter's yeah. like, there's another little girl that's um that's there in the household and she's like oh that little girl's friend goes to my school and i don't know how she knew that but yeah mm. so, yeah very funny. cool all right we're gonna let you kick off your show and we will catch all you tomorrow right. by the way tomorrow's old school fridays yes i've, I've picked yeah. the year for tomorrow i'm okay. going way back oh. to 1982 1982 mm -hmm. wow okay. how old were you uh, i was 12. You were zero. I was nine. That was when I was moving. To, I just moved to the States, I think, in 82. Let me just throw out a few songs like that, that you guys love listening to today. I'm from, sure there's probably some good from ones. From 1982. Because that's like 70s, like, you yeah. know, still rollover. Eye of the Tiger, Survivor. Okay, no, I don't oh, like that. Oh, yes. Okay. No, that was the theme song for my high school because we were the Tigers. Oh, I heard that way too much, and I really hated that high school. Joan Jett, I love rock and roll. That's a good one. Oh, Jake yeah. Allen, Cinefold. Ooh. Human nice. League, Don't You Want Me? Yes, great one. John Cougar, Jack and Diane. That was 82. Yeah. Wow. Steve Miller Band, Abracadabra. Oh, that's a great one. Soft Cell, mm -hmm. Tainted Love. We play that was 82. 82. Toto. Wow. Was on. But that's a lot of good songs. You do know that Soft Cell, Tainted Love was a remake. Um, Gloria, Gloria Jones was the first one to record it, who is I, my friend's mother yeah and i know her yeah. very well she's she used to write songs for the jackson five too and she was married to mark boland lead singer of t-rex yeah wow you're, you're a little i love gloria she's love information <laughs> oh, this is my friend's family so. i can I tell you what uh, a, few, a few songs we won't be playing tomorrow uh vangelis chariots of fire what was that one <laughs> i don't even know dun, 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 oh no yeah dun. please no please no Dun, 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 dun. Oh my gosh, I learned how to play the first bar of that in, in piano class. Like in <laughs> Oh, really? That's great. That was from the movie Chariots of Fire. Yeah. Yes. So, um, but anyway, it should be fun. So come up with the song tomorrow from 1982. All right, 1982. All right. Awesome. All right, we'll see you Have then. a good one. 1982. Why don't you guys send me your, your selection, as CMR listeners? From 1982. Go way back. That's a throwback moment. Uh, we haven't done a live stream on Instagram in a minute. But I'm kind of feeling like, let me just jump on Instagram. Let me see how quickly I can do it because Instagram can be such a pain. Uh, let me see, let me see, let me see. Mm -hmm. Let's check out the grammars and see what they're up to. They, they misbehave so much over there that a lot of times I'm just like, click. Yep. I keeps them logged off because they're just always misbehaving. And uh, it's not as easy to go live on Instagram as it is on Facebook. And then they limit you to like an hour of live time. So a lot of times I'm just like, eh. I can't be bothered. 
Um, let's see. But I feel like some Instagram people really like it. They like when we go live. So hmm. let me see if I can do it this morning. Let me check it out. Let me check it out. So how are you guys doing? Happy Thursday. Or I like to call it Friday part one. We got a lot to talk about. Cannot log into service. Okay. Tell you, Instagram doesn't make it easy. Um, did everybody have a fantastic evening last night? Oh, I got to tell you what I was doing. So I had a great evening with friends. And um, in fact, we did a little dinner for uh, a new friend's birthday. So that was super nice. And it was nice. Big shout out to Chef Remy. We had him do the catering. Because sometimes you just don't feel like cooking. You know? You want somebody else to have all the, the hassle of uh, getting it all done. And you just show up and eat. It's kind of the best, best of both worlds, really. Because the beauty of it is that you do it at home. So there's that, like, kind of privacy and you know you can just um do whatever sometimes if you have time we didn't do this last night but you can do like a games night after you can just chill and take your time you don't have to worry about oh the restaurant's closing we got to get out of here kind of thing you just take your time um but yeah they come and they do everything for you so it's like plate service they serve all your courses we had a appetizer main course and dessert and the food was just off the chain good. Listen, if you've never had Chef Remy's cooking, you just don't know what you're missing. Seriously, he is amazing. He always has been, but he just keeps getting better. Good morning to Irvlyn. Good morning, Miss Wilma. Diamond Princess is here. Good morning. She's got her new CMR mug in hand this morning. Charlene, Jonathan, so good to see you. Uh, Felicia. Miss um, Darlene, your daughter's going to check me by getting you a mug in the UK. I think she needs to secure that mug soon, sooner rather than later. Wee Wee is here. Thank you so much for logging on. Let me try to see what's going on with the Instagram situation. So, yeah, so it was a really um, delightful time. Good company. Good food. I should say great company and good food. Yeah, great company and great food. Everybody loved everything on the menu. So you guys go contact Chef Remy. He has a personal chef service. And uh, normally, one of the benefits of not having the borders open is normally you wouldn't be able to get Remy. I mean, he is so busy um, catering tourists when they return that it's often very, very difficult to book him unless you book way in advance. So you got to really plan ahead. So thankfully he was available. He's not available tomorrow for like the next couple of weeks, but he was available um, last night. Actually, I think he's booked from today now for a couple of weeks. So yeah, so he came out last night and brought his staff and we had a fantastic time. 
He did this Count Cerviche. Oh my gosh, it was so delicious. It had kiwi in it, mango. What else was in it? It was just like a whole mouthful of flavors. It was just absolutely delicious. And then I asked my daughter this morning, you know, she's learning how to socialize and stuff like that. So I said to her, um, did you enjoy yourself last night? She said, yes, mommy. And I said, what was your favorite part? And you know what she said? This is so funny. I'm hoping that Remy's listening to this. I think he's going to find this amusing. So I said, what was your favorite part? She said, um, the edible flower. Because in the ceviche, there was an edible flower. It was like a purplish flower. And she's like, my favorite part was the edible flower. I'm thinking of all the things that were, that was presented on that plate of food. The edible flower is what she found to be um, the most interesting part of the evening. I said, oh, I said, okay, interesting. Very interesting. Um, in case you missed it, I think I've talked about this before, but Chef Remy and I go way back to his cooking classes when he was at Lighthouse School. I mean, Lighthouse School, Lighthouse Restaurant. Um, he, maybe he was cooking at Lighthouse School too. They'd be so lucky. <laughs> but, but no, um, on a serious note, Lighthouse Restaurant. And so um, he, oh yes, yeah, somebody's asking for the, for the link. Oh, sorry. I totally forgot this morning. Hold on, hold on. Let me send my link here. Hold on. Got to always prepare my links in the morning. So, yeah, so he, um, you go way back then. And man, we used to go to, um, see him there at Lighthouse. And, um, he was just always so much fun. He has a really good, if you don't know Remy, he has a really good sense of humor. And um, he's just hilarious. So, you know, you put that, you combine that with a chef and it really makes for a good time. And so at his cooking classes, we used to do like three courses and he would do this whole um, thing, showing us how to cook. That was the whole point of the um, of the cooking class. But we just showed up to eat. I gotta be honest with you. Um, he would provide recipes and show us how to do stuff. And that was all fantastic. But the vast majority of time, we were just there uh, eating and drinking. You know, people who drank wine. I drank my fruit punch, <laughs> you know. Um, that's what we were doing. And he was just so entertaining. Ah, the, the wonderful memories uh, from those days. I used to go with um, Norma. A lot. You guys know Norma Macfield from Radio Cayman. We went a few times. Uh, my uh, former friend that I used to hang out a lot with, Dawn, uh, Mary, 
Um, my cousin, Tanisia. Oh my gosh, we used to go like all the time. Like I would find an excuse just to go. Oh, it's somebody's birthday. Great. Let's go hang out with Chef Remy. Like that was a perfect way to celebrate any occasion. Good morning, Kevin. Happy Thursday. Good morning, Lulu. Good morning, Olivia. Marshall is here. Alice is here. Tommy. Miss Sue. Good morning, Richard. Who loves good food? Richard, I know you do. Alice. Um, I know Richard's mom, mom, his wife, sorry, is always feeding him good food. And uh, why not? Right? So, yeah, nothing like a good, delicious meal, y'all. Of course, um, I'm looking at this um, situation here with, what is this called? Um, Instagram and it won't let me in per usual. Yeah. Instagram is so frustrating. So I think we're still blocked on the primary um, channel on YouTube, but the backup channel is up and kicking. We're, we're blocked for um, putting out correct information. And there's so much misinformation out there and people don't get blocked for that. Like, it's just so bizarre and so weird. I don't even understand it really, but whatever. Kevin, we got a show today, so I'm excited about that. Good morning, Alice. Good morning, Larry. Louie's here. Miss Sue says coming into Cayman should be vaccinated, period. I agree. Buenos dias, Miss Moya. Louie. I saw a headline um, in the Compass, someone sent it to me, that had me a little bit confused because it actually said that we may be removing the requirement for people to be vaccinated. I thought, is this another one of those um, fake email things because that doesn't make any sense. Because right now we don't require people to be vaccinated to come in. So I was kind of like, what are they trying to say? <laughs> I wasn't quite sure what that headline was about. Mind you, I haven't read the article, so that would probably help. Uh, let me just back up here. Hmm. Maybe I should try. I'm going to try something else here. Hmm. So, yes. Um, does Instagram own TikTok now? Which would mean that's. Is that owned by, um, that would be Facebook, right? I can't keep up with all these platforms and who owns what and all that good stuff. Okay. Uh, Ms. Carol, good morning. She said, Chair, it's a fire, the most boring film ever. 
I don't, I remember the name, but I don't remember the movie. I couldn't tell you at all what that movie is about. Like it just is not even ringing a bell. But Miss Carol says it was the most boring movie ever. Judy, um, good morning. Good morning, Louisa. Miss Darlene. Oh, she's coming next month. Yes, please have her um, connect with me now before the mugs run out again. Um, Hero Blair says, good morning. Can you share the recipe for overcoming the common cold? Probably just a lot of sleep. So rest up and take it easy. Mm-hmm. That's what I would recommend. Um, yeah, it's just one of those things where once you caught it, if you catch it within the first two days of symptoms, you can take that uh, thermoflu stuff that I was taking last week. But you do have to catch it really, really early for that to be effective. It's kind of like, you know, this Merck pill that's coming out could be a potential game changer for people with COVID. But if you don't catch the COVID um, symptoms early on, like as they present themselves, like say, for example, you catch COVID and you think it's a common cold or something else and you just wait until like it's really bad and then you're hospitalized and whatever. Unfortunately, the Merck pill won't help you at all. It only helps you um, when you are in the early, early stages of it. So, yeah, that's helpful to know. So yes, if you're in the early stages of it, then by all means, um, you can definitely Mm. This thing is so strange. You can definitely um, do something about it. If you don't, then hmm. Then yeah, you've got to. Just hang on until things get better. Hmm. Um, interesting. So, yeah, that's what it is, folks. All right, so let me just, uh, I'm still, my brain is still trying to process this situation here. Let me just see some other messages. We got Miss Juanita who's here. Good morning. Did you guys see that early morning accident by um, Kirk Supermarket? I thought to myself when I saw that, I'm like, first of all, there's nobody in the road. Because right now, half of Cayman, like the buses aren't out, you know, the schools are on uh, break. So... Even when there's no traffic on the road, do you guys still somehow manage to run into each other? <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, it definitely has to be one of those situations where no matter what you do, um, you know, 
an accident is going to pop off, an accident is going to happen. It is weird, I must tell you. Hmm. Anyway, it was a head-on collision. It looks like everyone's okay. Yeah. What a mess. Mm-mm-mm. Anyway, um, we shall see how people uh, get on with that. I haven't heard anything, so I'm still thinking that it's probably not that bad. Other than, you know, there was a collision. That's all I heard. I was like, oh boy, here we go. Um, so, yeah, let me just see here. Do you guys ever do this? Um, I don't know if you've ever done something with the little drop down list. And then you see that Cayman is not on the country, the list of countries. It's something I was doing this weekend. I can't remember what it was. And I was just like, why is Cayman not on the list of countries? Like, it was just so weird. Very, very bizarre. Like I could, I kept looking over and over again. I couldn't find Cayman on the list. I, I'm just thinking of it because I just had to select Cayman on another list. Good morning, Miss Morna. Scott is here. Scott, it is Thursday. And so what that means, folks, if you did not see my message yesterday about the sausage rolls at Waffle Monkey, you guys have got to go. Scott, I feel like I should have more gift certificates, but did I give them all away already? Man, these sausage rolls are to die for. Mm -mm -mm. Can you guys, can anybody tell them I'm probably a little bit hungry this morning? <laughs> I've got some leftovers from last night. Thank you, Chef Remy. And I will be digging into those leftovers for breakfast, I think. Mm, lobster for breakfast. Why not? So, yes. Um, Scott has these amazing... Sausage rolls, they are delicious. And so um, I'm tempted to go by there today and get a few of them. I tried them for the first time last week, Thursday. So he only does them on Thursdays for now, but I keep telling him, uh, make it at least three times a week. You know, let people know, come in, come and get your sausage roll on. So the meat is marinated for 24 hours. Now you know that meat is good. Mm -mm -mm. So I've got a, a friend who he was saying to me that um, his son loves sausage rolls. So last week I had to hook his son up. I'm like, well, if your son loves sausage rolls, we can't go without giving him an opportunity to um, try these sausage rolls. So I packed up a few for him. His dad stopped by and he got them. I haven't heard any complaints. But I haven't heard any reports either. So I'm kind of like, hmm, let me, uh, let me see what that's all about. So, um, yeah, they're delicious. Go, go check out Scott and his sausage rolls. We've got um, 
Miss Sue saying that what's a great mix for cold? White rum, lime, aspirin, and honey. Shana, that just sounds like a way to get drunk. They say what doesn't kill you will cure you, right? So I guess maybe. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Um, I still feel like I still have a little bit of a trickle in my throat. Um, but other than that, no, it's 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 all good. You know. It's gone away. It's gone away. Colds can be annoying because on the one hand, they don't get like super bad normally, but at the same time, um, you kind of have to deal with annoyances of like head congestion or if you have a runny nose, like there's so many little symptoms that can come with it. Morning, Tracy. Good morning to Junior. Celine is here. She's wishing everyone a safe and blessed day. South Marjorie, welcome back. I haven't seen you in a minute. Happy Friday Eve, says Richard. Yes, part one. Jonathan is still, <laughs> Jonathan is still thinking about this raffle. Jonathan's got $100,000 on his mind. Soon come, I assure you, soon come. We're actually going to have them on maybe next week to talk about the logistics of the raffle. Um, good morning, Miss Sue. The, the best roles, says Daisy. So Daisy knows all about those. Um, does the chef deliver? Which one, the, the sausage rolls? No, but you can call delivery services like um, Bento's or one of these other ones and they will, uh, they'll get you sorted out there. What's the other one that um, launched during the pandemic? They've actually become very popular, these delivery services. There's a couple competing ones out there now. Um, no, Jonathan, the deadline is today. So you can get your second shot, I guess by today before five o'clock or whatever. And, but whenever the clinic closes and you're eligible to run, but that doesn't mean that they're going to like pick the person today. There will be a whole process. And that's what Jonathan, I want them to come and explain to you. Cause I think that um, there needs to be some clarity about how the process will work. So yes, today's definitely the deadline, but um, the deadline will, uh, Thank you, Junior. That's exactly who I was thinking of. Let's eat. Um, yeah, so the deadline today to be entered, but this is your second vaccination. So if you kind of missed the first one, then, you know, still get vaccinated for your health, but you won't be, get, you won't be getting vaccinated for the $100,000. Now, wouldn't it be funny? No, Jonathan, they got to take time to pick the winner. Because remember, everyone <clears throat> who is registered from day one who has gotten vaccinated from day one is actually eligible. So they have to go all the way back to January. Mm. Amalita, good morning. How are you? So yeah, it's, it's going to take, it's a process and you want it to be fair and transparent. And that's why we're going to have them on to kind of explain 
how it works and how, you know, how it's going to happen. So listen, let's, let's talk about a few things this morning. So did you know that we have some thieves in the Cayman Islands? Shocker, I know. Everybody's like, we have thieves here? Yes, we do. Lots of thieves, apparently. Hmm. So, uh, what can I say about thieves? Hmm. Well, obviously they're dishonest. <laughs> That's a given. And unfortunately, they really make it bad in everybody else. Now, have you ever worked in retail? I think that if you've worked in retail, you understand how shrinkage works and how retail businesses, like everyone has to ultimately pay for the fact that there are thieves among us. So these young folks, and they're pretty young, which I mean, I think anytime someone is young and they do stuff like this, you think, why are they just throwing their lives away? Like it kind of doesn't make any sense. But um, they decided to go last year into Caymana Bay. And uh, Miss Charlene says, no, you're not going to get drunk off of that little bit of rum. Um, you see, I would get drunk because I don't drink. So I'd be like, <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so they go into Caymana Bay and they lift a bunch of items. Steal stuff that does not belong to them. So now the Piper comes, you know, they were arrested. Now remember, this was the batch. There's been more than one batch. So this was the batch of Caymanian kids, uh, young people, whatever you want to call them. Um, <coughs> who the police were sitting on the arrests of these individuals. So they had the CCTV footage and, you know, they're supposed to be carrying out the investigation. And I must tell you the CCTV footage is actually pretty good. Um, but eh, the police took their time getting to them. So we, on October 26th, ironically enough, almost a year later, we had put up that, Hey, these thieves are on the loose and, you know, this is what they were up to. So the rat came out of Bay from one until five o'clock on October 16th, wandering in and out of various stores. And video footage shows the three going into the NKY store and the Polo store and others, but those two for sure, and stealing multiple items. So... Um, business owners get frustrated when the police take their time dealing with situations like this. I think it's a source of real frustration. And that's exactly what was going on here. The police were taking their time, apparently. So with them taking their time, we got a hold of the story. And um, we posted it up. And then all of a sudden, two weeks had gone by. So all of a sudden, once we posted it up, the police were able to 
make an arrest miraculously. Hmm. So they made their arrests and um, I th this one of the young ladies, I can't remember which one, she actually contacted the police and said that because we had put this story up about her, that um, we were harassing her. And I thought, mm, I hate to tell you, but that's not really the definition of harassment. So, um, when she went into the police though, they were like, oh, you're the young lady in that photo? Thank you for coming into the police station because we've been looking for you. So, <laughs> it's, it's kind of classic to be honest. Because she kind of outed herself. Like, I don't know how long it would have taken them to find her. I mean, it was already two weeks and they hadn't found anybody, right? But after the article went up, they found a young man. They found one young lady. And then the third young lady, they were having some difficulties finding. And, uh, yeah, when, they, when she saw the article, she thought, oh, I'm going to go complain to see to the police about CMR. And I thought, you're you're clearly not the brightest girl in the world. Who does that? Like it's just weird. Anyway, she went and she complained to the police. And um she then Eventually, they arrested her after she, you know, went into the police station. Yeah. I feel like there should be an episode of Dumb and Dumber Criminals. So they've had their day in court. They were in court in September last month, at the end of the month, the 26th, I want to say. But anyway, they got convicted for conspiracy. Now, th this is a new one for me because this is very, very interesting. When I saw this, I thought, Conspiracy to commit a theft. Hmm. That's an interesting charge because normally they're just going to charge you with stealing. And I thought conspiracy. And then I realized it was pointed out to me that it was a grand court trial, a grand court matter. And I thought, oh, yeah. Ah, when you elevate it to the grand court, you know somebody's going to jail probably. I'm just saying. Dumb and dumb are going to be in jail together. $1,500 worth of merchandise they stole within like 30 minutes. Imagine if they had taken a whole day worth of shoplifting, what they would have done. My goodness. So, um, yeah. Hmm. It is what it is, folks. Um, it's unfortunate that these young people have made this choice, this decision. 
but um, I suppose they should understand the consequences of their actions. So one of their family members contacted me yesterday. And I would just like to say to any of you who are inclined to contact me about nonsense to um, don't do it. Don't pick up the phone. Don't call me. Um, so this person calls and said, you got the story wrong. They weren't convicted. No, first they said you got the story wrong. I said, okay, well, that could mean so many things. You Can you be more specific about what you're alleging is wrong in the story? Well, you wrote the story, so you should know. I'm like, um, but you're the one who's calling me. Yes, I wrote the story and I should know. And as far as I know, everything in the story is 100% accurate. So why are you calling me? <laughs> this is This is where people... Oh, honey child. People just call me sometimes. I'm just like, y'all don't have no sense. And so I thought, I'm not the one who's saying it's it's inaccurate. So what do you mean that I should know? I'm like, yeah, I know. I know that it's correct. So what 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 do you know? So after doing that for a minute and back and forth and back and forth, they eventually said that um, they actually were not convicted. I said, oh, wow, that's pretty easy to get correct, not wrong. And I said, uh-huh. And, and you weren't there. And I said, well, I don't have to necessarily be in court to know what transpired and what happened in court. And there's a number of ways that I can find out what transpired in court. But I'm like, mm, if that's what you're saying is incorrect in the story, that they weren't convicted, now, yeah, I know you're wrong. No, no, no. Well, they weren't convicted. Have they been sentenced? They weren't convicted. And I was like, okay. Now, I had to say, lady, I'm not trying to be rude, but you do understand that the conviction phase and the sentencing phase are two different things. So they were asking if they'd been sentenced. And I said, the article doesn't say that they've been sentenced. The article says that sentencing will happen on November, I think the 26th, next month. So what, what are you talking about? Oh, I don't, I don't understand. I, and I said, okay. I don't understand how court works because I sit there every single day sometimes for extended periods of time. Um, so they were woefully confused. So anyway, um, yeah. Mm -mm -mm. I don't even know what to say. Apparently, uh, I don't know why they think a conviction has anything to do with the sentencing phase. I mean, obviously you have to be convicted first. So I said, here's the kicker. If they were not convicted, why on earth would a date be set in November? Because, I mean, if you're found not guilty, you're discharged, that's it. You wouldn't be going back to court. 
So I am a little bit confused about what they were saying to me. And I think they were confused. And so in the end, I said, Let, let's just assume for your sake. Um, and I suppose for my sake, that because I do sit in trials all the time and I do have a law degree and I've actually participated in the process myself, let's just assume that I know a little bit about how this works. And then they started going down this rabbit hole of these are young, these are kids. And, you know, does it make you feel good to be reporting on kids? And I'm like, huh? I said, okay. It doesn't make me feel good to report on anybody when it comes to the uh, penal system. This isn't about me feeling good. This is about reporting the news and about reporting what happens in the community and reporting about what matters, right? So no, I do I feel good when young people do stupid things, but they're not kids, first of all. And I said to her, I said, well, I tell you what, in this world, unfortunately, or fortunately, or however you want to look at it, when you do certain things, for sure, there are consequences that will flow from those things. And that's one of the life lessons that we've all had to learn. And so their consequences have actions, right? So that doesn't have anything to do with me. I'm just reporting it. So then they say, then she said, um, and I said, that, you know, for the record, they're not kids. And I said, maybe if they were and the court was treating them as an adult, they would still be reported on. Then she made mention of something like, Oh, and they're, they're somehow family to you, one of them or something. And I said, so? I said, that ain't got nothing to do with anything. That really has nothing to do with it, believe me you. Family or no family, I'm here to report the news in as much of an unbiased manner as possible. So the fact that they're family, they don't get a pass for that. I don't care. Not that I know who these people are but it wouldn't really matter if I did. So I said, well, I hope they, I, I'm hoping through this entire process, they're learning a lesson because this is what happens. You see, we're always too quick to hide and to cloak people up in their bad behavior. And they don't learn a lesson until something really hits them and they're going to jail for years. And I find that when young people have sticky fingers, it's a sad state of affairs because they don't stop. You know, once a thief, always a thief, maybe, but they seem to just keep going. Anyway, uh, then the conversation changed to, um, oh, you know, the Lord, um, no one can judge them, but, but the good Lord. I said, oh yeah, here we go. I said, okay. No one can judge them, but the good Lord. Uh-huh. All right. Um, perhaps he's not the only one who can judge them, but he is certainly 
he, he can certainly judge. But he also said, doesn't the Bible say somewhere y'all legal, y'all biblical um, eagles um, remind me of what the Bible says about actually obeying the laws of the land, right? I'm pretty sure the Bible says that if you live in Rome, and Rome has certain laws, you must obey those. Mm -hmm. And when you don't, you have to face the consequences. And I'm also pretty sure that the Bible says that you are supposed to actually not steal from people. I'm just saying. It's a serious state of affairs when you try to defend this ridiculous uh, behavior in your children. That's one of the reasons why your children are the way that they are, if truth be known. Right? Because you've been so busy covering up from the time they were five years old, all the bad behavior, that they're just going to continue to steal from people, continue to do bad things, gang banging, whatever else. Uh, Clint says, I wonder whatever happened to the stapler thief. Did the Maple Leaf Mafia ultimately provide him protection? <laughs> Clint, you got me cracking up this morning. Actually... Um, I don't know what happened to him. I know that his employer, remember his employer at first was trying to cover up for him. And I thought, oh my gosh, you people are ridiculous. So his employer, ironically, was trying to cover up for him. Let me just see if we can find out. Maybe if we, we look him up on Facebook, we might see what he's been up to. But yeah, and then I think I think it was so, it just went so viral. <laughs> the employer was like, okay, I'm out. Um, Reed Parker. Let's see whatever happened to him. And then I heard that they had they had gotten rid of him, like they'd fired him. But maybe he, he's somewhere else on the island. Maybe he got a promotion or something. Reed Parker. Let's see if we can find him. He says he, he still, his, his Facebook status still says, that he lives in Georgetown and that he's a waitress, a bartender, sorry, at Backroom Cayman. But maybe he just hasn't updated it. I don't know. Uh, however, August the 2nd, this is a little bit of detective work here now. August the 2nd, he posted um, something from Craft Food and Beverage saying that it's National Beer Day. So I bet he's still in Cayman, huh? And he probably just moved over to Kraft. 
Interesting. Don't know. Does anybody know whatever happened to this kid? Um, probably got a promotion at craft. I have no clue. Unbelievable. Jonathan. <laughs> what is Jonathan referring to? He says, um, I'm sure they are the head of the organization of the expat committee. But Steve, who is? Mm. Oh, the Maple Leaf Mafia. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. Um. Yeah, so they should get a pass. Exactly. It's crazy. Definitely the Bible says thou shalt not steal. Thank you, Jem. Um, Jem reminds us that Romans 13, 1 through 2, verses 1 through 2, says, Obey the government, for God is the one who has put it there. There's no government anywhere that God has not placed in power. So those who refuse to obey the law of the land are refusing to obey God, and punishment will follow. I can think of a couple cases where that probably wouldn't be a good idea to obey the law of the land. But when it comes to stealing, I would sure hope that that's included in that. Thank you, Everton. How are you? Miss Darlene says, read even further, verses 1 through 7. Yes, child. Oh, there. listen, I'm always amazed at how people can use the Bible to try to justify bad behavior. Because I'm sitting here thinking to myself, you really think that only God can judge is the response or the argument that you want to be bringing to me at a time like this, when your kids have just been convicted of stealing? I was like, miss, please come off my phone with your ridiculousness. This doesn't even make any sense. But rest assured regardless of what they are saying or what their family members are saying, they, they have been convicted and they will be in court back in November to see what the penalty will be. Celine is in Brazil. We're doing wonderful. What's going on in Brazil? How is the pandemic in Brazil? I know Brazil was having a hard time for a minute there. Has it settled down a little bit? What's going on? Okay, let's move on from those thieving fools. Um, oh, I forgot to show their, their photo, just in case you missed it. Now, some of you all lost your minds and were like, oh, these Jamaicans and this and that, they're not Jamaicans for the record. Let me get it very, very straight. So one guy messaged, oh, how you never said that they were Caymanians in the story. I'm like, sir, this is the third story that we've written about them. And if, if you've been keeping up, you would know that we already said that two were from West Bay and one was from, I don't know, Georgetown or whatever. We've already made that very clear. And so, you know, there's people be up in their feelings like, oh, she's not reporting their nationality. Let me be very clear. They are Caymanians. And I don't care if they're first generation Caymanians, second generation Caymanians. Unfortunately, we have to own these hooligans 
We have to own these thieves as one of our own. Um, so it is what it is. And, um, yes, they are definitely, uh, convicted and, uh, soon to be sentenced. Okay. So it's, it's, it's a sad situation. It is, uh, very, very sad. Um, you know, it is, it is what it is. All I can hope is that honestly, they learn from the situation. That's, that's my hope. So we'll see. Only time will tell, child. Someone actually sent me a, a thing about one of them being employed by Foster's. And they're like, that child's still stealing. I was like, oh, Lord, have mercy. So Celine says that Brazil's partially open. Everything is all right here so far. Okay. Very good. So let's move on to a bit of good news. Because these thieves have us. <laughs> they have us all up in our feelings. Um... Let me see here now. Good news is that there's been a lot of people hard at work preparing a shipment. Look at this crew. For Honduras. So big shout out to Sherry Ann, Miss Irma, Sharon, everyone who has made this humanitarian effort possible. I mean, this is such an amazing job that they're doing. There's Sherry Ann with the little, um, what's it called? What's that little trolley thing called? So um, they now have, I think this is the fourth or fifth container that they have filled up. Hold on, let me get you all the details. I believe this is the fourth or fifth container. But my goodness, they have been really, really busy loading up containers. Shout out to Elvis. Elvis, I heard you were sick a couple days ago. But Elvis has been ensuring that uh, the containers are secured at night. So nobody's going in those containers without kidnapping Elvis and getting the key from Elvis. And that wasn't happening. So Elvis has been uh, busy. Elvis Elvis is with um, CBC, but the immigration arm. So there's four containers that Sherry Ann has um, loaded up and there's one coming in from West Bay. And um, They've been working around the clock to make sure that this has happened, uh, you know, that this is possible, really. So big shout out to everyone. Hurley's, 
uh, delivering stuff. Look at Hurley's. Look at that. Beautiful. Um, there's Sherry Ann. All kind of paperwork, child. So boxes upon boxes of stuff. Um, Elvis works for works, not CBC. Sorry. So look at this. Look at all the containers. Wow. All the boxes. Five containers. I mean, I think it's like, is it 30,000 pounds of stuff? But it's a lot of stuff that's going to be going. So there's Alric. Alric is, Alric is all over the place. He's always in the mix. Someone said to me um, the other day that, you know, he's one of the few people that when he doesn't get in, that he's still there. He's still helping out. So there he is, boy. Are you not afraid of hard work? That's for sure. He's more than just a brain. You know, he's a smart guy. But... Um, He really is about, you know, throwing his hands in. So they still need more stuff. So I think they're working on getting more containers next week. But the fifth container is now full, but they are still a need, folks, for stuff. So they're asking for no more clothing. And I've told you all this before. Um, when you send stuff like clothing, it's not as much use to people as you would think. So they would appreciate your continued donations. But um, clothing is not something that is at the top of the list right now in terms of need. Right? So no more clothing, folks. What they need are some essential things. So um, diapers. They need adult diapers. So, you know, elderly people, unfortunately have to um, use those products. They need feminine products, feminine hygiene products. You guys should know what that includes. Bed linens, sheets and towels. Anything to help with the cleanup effort. So brooms, shovels, Building materials, windows, lights, fans, lumber. Because remember now, folks, this is going to Banaka as a result of the fire that happened uh, going into two weeks now. So here's a group photo of everyone. I'm trying to identify everyone. But there, there's Miss Irma. There's uh, Minister Sabrina Turner. There's Elvis. Um, Sherryanne, who's the lady in, with the white shirt standing next to you? Um, Alric, and there's two ladies there that I can't quite make out who they are. So here's Minister Turner. She went by um, yesterday to check on the effort to make sure everything is coming along. So building materials, windows, lights, fans, cleaning materials like brooms, shovels. Um, I know Ms. Sharon um, Smith from Reliable Industries had donated some cleaning supplies and stuff as well. Um, the white top is Miss Omeria. Thank you so much for that. Bed linens, 
So this is the fifth container now that is full. Uh, they're trying for Sunday or Monday to have this particular shipment leave. They're saying that apparently they can still carry some items in the cargo hole of the boat. And someone donated 30 tubs last night. Wow. They're going to be delivered today. You have to let me know what time and I'll see if I can be there. I've got a, I've got quite a busy day today, though. I've got a couple appointments, but um, let me know what time that's going to happen. And we can see, but yeah, okay. So uh, lots of hard work here, folks, going into this. My hat's off to everyone. Sherry Ann has been working hard, coordinating the effort. So everyone, 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 Elvis, Miss Amiria, Miss Irma, um, Minister Turner, all of you who are contributing to this effort. Mr. Bush um, had a container there in West Bay. Um, all of you, again, who are contributing to this effort, I thank you very much. And I know that the people of Banaka, Guanaja, uh, uh, are extremely appreciative of the help that's coming their way. So remember a couple of days ago, um, there was a plane that went out with some supplies, but of course a ship can take so much more. Shout out to A.L. Thompson's. They have delivered a whole truckload of um, shovels and brooms as well. So thank you to that family. Um, even the guys over at Davenport, they were on the ground there days after the fire assisting. So all hands on deck, folks. Please, if you have any donations that you can make, um, they would certainly be appreciated. So thank you again to all the organizations who have, uh, and individuals who brought this together and made this possible. Trust me when I tell you the logistics of, of organizing this isn't as simple as you think for a number of different reasons. And that's why they're relying on expertise like Ms. Irma, because Ms. Irma is there and she can, you know, ensure that the ship is the logistics of getting it there. It's going to all happen. Um, thank you so much. Ms. Lynn for joining us. Oh my goodness. Sorry. Oh. Mm. So Sherry Ann confirms that the fifth container is now full. Everton. Thank you so much. Um, so Marshall says, I'm so proud of the hard work that's being put into the effort to help the people, Banaka. God bless each and everyone involved. So Mason wants to know where um, donations can be received. So Sherry Ann, can you just give us the address again on where uh, she can send some boxes? Miss Charlene says, Sandra, you don't show any discrimination in your reports. The problem is too many here would want you to not mention their nationality, but only do so to Caymanians as in any other negative narrative, uh, straight, but continue as you do, name them all. It's not only here that has thieves. Yes. So um, in terms of drop-off, 
Um, because they have the five full containers, they're going to close off the, um, they're going to close off that part tonight, but I think they're trying to get more containers for next week to start loading those up as well. So, um, are you saying then that no more drop-offs for right now, or will you continue to, um, I guess, I think the thing is they don't want you to just drop it off because it's not like they just want the boxes sitting around, right? Uh, what they've been doing is as you drop off, the boxes are actually placed in the container. And then Elvis is uh, closing, sealing the container uh, for safety reasons. And then he comes, I think, in the mornings and reopens it so that more stuff can be loaded in. So maybe wait, like, like get your stuff together. But next week, we should have more information and when new containers are available for loading. So it is, it is, um, uh, the West Bay group is being head up by Sophia and Ava. Um, and then in Prospect, if you knew where Sherry Ann lives, uh, that's where the donations have been um, received and where all the containers and stuff are. So for right now, I think they're um, going to be trying to prepare this shipment to actually leave and get there. It takes, I guess, a couple of days to get to Banaka. And then they will get additional containers and start loading those up again. So she's right off of um, Bonnie View, down in Prospect off Marina Drive. Like I said, they've been very busy, child. Very busy. Good job. All right. Big shout out to um, to Shane Frazier. You know, he's um, he was a swimmer too, right? I know the other brother swam, but I think both boys swam. This is Larice uh, Frazier's son. He's now a lawyer in Miami, I understand. And he's also been inducted into the Sports Hall of Fame. Hmm. Congratulations, young man. Very well done. Um, Caymanians all over the world making us proud. You know, we got the thieving ones and the criminals, but they, they don't represent all Caymanians for sure. Uh, Caymanians are very diverse people, and um, so many of us are doing great things. That's why I'm so disappointed when we see this foolishness. Beautiful Mary, how are you? I love your profile picture, looking nice and young. I swear Mary doesn't age. I don't know what, what she's up to, but she always looks the same. 20 years ago, she looked the same like she does now. Um, so there's a press conference at three o'clock today. Don't forget, we've got it scheduled. Make sure you tune in for that. And in the world, well, first of all, uh, I don't think that we discussed it because we got confirmation after the show yesterday, but obviously, uh, we mentioned earlier at the top of the program that the Sri Lankan national that went missing um, out on the boat, he fell off the boat, looks like, um, has been found. And it's, it's, you know, they found his body, unfortunately. So our condolences to his family. Um, it's just really, really sad. On the one hand, you're happy that they've recovered a body because I think that that's the worst case scenario where there is no body at all. But I also kind of feel like 
you know, it would have been good if we could get a little bit of a miracle, right? But yes, unfortunately, um, around 21 hours ago, it was, when did we get word? Um, it was after the show anyway, that they had found him in an area southwest of Barker's Key. So that sounds like West Bay. But you know, the, the currents will move a body. Um, so around 1141, we got the sad news. So it's unfortunate. It really is. But um, he's a young guy. I, I'm trying to get his confirmation of age and that sort of thing. The RCIPS hasn't issued any sort of a, they actually haven't issued anything on it yet. Their, their last press statement says that they're still conducting a search. So hopefully they'll update that a bit later on. Um, I think that they were trying to notify his family. I understand he had a sister and a brother at least, one of each. And I'm sure his parents, you know, are still alive as well because he's pretty young. So um, it's unfortunate <clears throat> to travel so far from home and then have something like this tragically happen um, to your loved ones. But, um, you know, it's just sad, really. Cautionary tale that you need to be careful when you go out on these boat cruises or any activity that involves boating and exercise, whether it's jet skiing on a boat, on a party boat, anything like that, I think you've just got to be careful. Like, I can't even imagine what happened. Was he just sitting on the ledge and maybe the boat got a little bit rocky and he wasn't holding on and he just tipped overboard? Like, no one will ever know because no one actually saw him go overboard. They only know, um, you know, that he went overboard at some point during a fraction of time. And that's why they were looking for him in that area. So um, he does, he did work at the Weston as a chef. Yes. Um, very sad situation, but again, condolences to his family. Someone messaged me and said that apparently some idiot, I don't know who it was, took to the page, um, the Compass Instagram page, and they were commenting something about um, the expense of having to ship this man back home. And I don't know why people engage in certain conversations, especially in social media about stuff like that. It's, it's beyond insensitive, first of all, but it's it's not like you even, whoever made that comment, it's not like you even have the facts of what transpired and, and how that's going to happen. Like, I don't think that that's anybody's business, especially if they've not put anything in the public domain saying that they needed donations or help. Like, why would you go there? Why would you have this conversation? I have no idea. But someone sent us this and said someone was talking about the cost of shipping a body back and the cost of search and rescue. Like, Really? When someone goes overboard, that's what the Coast Guard is there for. You know, they should set up a search and rescue effort immediately. And in this case, unfortunately, this turned into a search and recover. But yeah, to be having that conversation, I agree with this poster. 
that said that that's so dehumanizing of a man who has very sadly lost his life. Come on, people. Let's do better than that. So Junior says they have set up a GoFundMe page. Celine says things are getting dangerous these days. We're in the last days. Yeah, well, I think we've always been in the last days if that was a criteria, because trust me, um, at the end of the day, you know, this is this is what happens. All the time. This has always been the MO. So since we're doing shout outs, look at this. Look at who's been recognized. None other than Kevin. Congratulations, uh, Kevin Watler. He is employee of the quarter, not just the month. The quarter. Wow, nice. Very, very nice. Congratulations, Kevin. Beautiful. I see someone messaging if we're if we're still on YouTube. We're still there. They just have us blocked at the moment. What a mess. Okay. All right, folks. Um, So wonderful. So Kevin is employee of the quarter. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, yes, Sandra, it's what it is, is <laughs> the primary account, which a lot of people have subscribed to, and that's where they go for streaming. That one we can't stream to at the moment because YouTube has gotten something wrong. And I'm hoping they can fix it soon because we have appealed it. But it seems like they're taking a while. Marshall says that he's been hearing about it being the last day's from when he was young, but we just have to live the best life we can and look out for one another. I agree. That's just how it's going to work. Right? So you never know when it might be your last day. That's the thing. And so I always say live it like it could be your last day. Because um, you just never know. So do you guys remember that yesterday I was saying to you how the UK has done a really horrible job of handling the COVID pandemic? So this scathing report came out about how they've handled it. And um, geez, it's, it's making the news all over the place. Poor UK. Mm -mm 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 -mm. I tell you. They just haven't, they just didn't get it right, especially in the early days. But even now, I question if their approach is, is sensible. 
You know, I have my questions about just throwing the borders open completely willy-nilly. They have no restrictions in place at all. So everyone is talking about their lack of preparedness, what went wrong. It's like a big deal at the moment. And um, basically, they their, the report says that their failures, the COVID failures and how they handle it, cost people their lives. Isn't that crazy? Uh, Ms. Lavanya uh, says that's a part of taking out a permit people don't take into consideration. Anything can happen and the employer is responsible for them. And these types of unexpected sad circumstances can be costly. My condolences to the family of this young man. Now, whatever happened to, um, there was a point in time when they had this repatriation fee that immigration was collecting. And then they changed it. Remember, every person had to pay um Every person had to pay, no, every person who took out a work permit for someone had to have a round trip ticket, like a second leg of the ticket or whatever, so that they could go back in the event of anything that happens, right? Then they changed it to essentially be a flat repatriation fee that every person paid. Um but it's kept like in a pool and then that pool can be used, but no one ever seems to know anything about that pool. Like where does the money go? Does anyone ever apply to use that to like do something like this, like ship a body back or send someone back who can't afford it, who might be extremely ill or have other sorts of issues. So, um, yeah. Hmm. Uh, um. Okay. So let's let's try to clarify something that's a little bit confusing. I don't know. I swear to you, every single time the Compass does one of these shows, like Rejma show or whatever, right? There comes out a story, out of that comes a story that then confuses people. And they're always coming to me to verify it. I'm just like, I don't even watch the show. But this confused people, this headline. And I must say, y'all must go beyond reading headlines. You must actually read the story. Because sometimes the headline, sometimes you, it's, you know, picking headlines isn't as easy as people think. It's actually quite difficult. You try to pick a headline that's going to summarize everything. And, you know, you've only got so many words to work with. You're limited by that. And it's challenging. I, I can tell you this. Sometimes I read a headline, a headline I'm like, yeah, this is it. And then people come back going, mm, that headline's confusing. And I've had people do work for me who are not particularly really good at writing headlines. So their headlines never capture like um, capture what the article's really all about. But you try to do that with just a few words. So it's not always that easy. But I find that every single time, remember the last time it was something that the minister um, of finance said. And there's always some confusion. 
But this headline, I, I think this headline is actually pretty clear, but I think people are just confused about what it is. So it says here that government weighs removing verifiable vaccination requirement for Cayman arrivals. So it's not that the government is saying, well, first of all, it only says that it's being thought about. No decision has been made. And apparently what the Minister of Tourism was saying, because this was an interview that um, the minister did on that platform, is that they are exploring the possibility of removing the QR code, which is a securely verifiable requirement, on the vaccines once the border reopens. I'm not so sure that that's a good idea, though. But they're thinking about it. Because we have seen already that people are prepared to take advantage of the system. Hmm. People are going to lie about their vaccination status. And I've already heard stories of, you know, people being able to buy vaccination cards in the U.S. and other places. So if we do that, what's going to stop someone from rolling in here with a fake credential claiming that they've been vaccinated when they haven't been? That being the case, I would suggest the government really thinks hard about that one. Make it verifiable. There has to be some sort of um, verification process in place. Otherwise, I fear that the worst case scenario is what's heading our way. So listen, you know, we got to reopen. That's, that's to me, is a foregone conclusion. But reopening as safe as possible and having um, some measures in place, I think, is better than nothing at all. And so that's what I personally would hope is being um, considered. Mm -hmm. So um, let me just see here. Yeah, I don't know why y'all are confused by that, but. Um, good morning to the beautiful Debbie. Miss Sue says, how did the guy end up in Barker's? Don't understand. It's just currents, my love. I don't pretend to be an expert on the ocean. But I can tell you that the ocean does all sorts of interesting things. And, um... You know, that's why it's so difficult when someone goes missing that, you know, you can't just look in that area for them. You've got to really expand your search beyond that. That's why aerial um, resources are important. So having a plane or drone available to you so you can get an aerial view is really, really important. So, yeah, sad. Oh, Miss Celine loves my top. Thank you so much. Big shout out to KK. She actually got me this top. I think this is one. Yes, this is one that she got me some months back when she went to Miami. 
you know, I haven't been away for a while. So um, I don't do a whole lot of clothes shopping on Amazon. You guys know I'm an Amazon person, but for the most part, I don't do a lot of clothes shopping because I find like I got to try stuff on to kind of figure out if it's going to work for me, you know? So I've had people go away and buy stuff. Um, in fact, Miss KK just did it. I didn't even ask her. She was just like, oh, Sandy, I got some stuff for you. And I said, what? She's like, Miss Irma, child, they always have little gifts for you. I love it. And so, yeah, she got me a couple of tops and they're really nice and comfortable and colorful as well. So I buy toddler clothes on Amazon because, you know, you figure a 5T should be a 5T more or less, right? <laughs> kind of probably hard to get that wrong. Uh, Natasha reminds us that the repatriation fee became a non-refundable fee, which cannot uh, even cover the cost of a flight to the U.S. Yes, but I think the idea is that everyone was paying it. So it's a, it's a set, and correct me if I'm wrong, but is it like $250 or something? So it was a lot cheaper for employers because you didn't have to, like, say you got someone from the Philippines or, you know, India, whatever, a return ticket could cost you eight, nine, a thousand dollars, right? Just depends. Um, and the open tickets are always a little bit more. So I think on the one hand, it's saving employers from having to pay this excessive amount. And so the idea is everybody across the board, regardless of whether you're right next door to us or you're halfway around the world, pay the exact same fee and it goes into a pool and then it's utilized for those. And I don't imagine there'd probably be a lot of requests to utilize it, but it is utilized for those couple times um, a year that it's needed. The problem, however, is... Um, I don't know what the protocol is for people being able to get access to it. And a lot of people don't seem to even know anything about it. So maybe they purposely make it difficult um, to access. I don't really know. Would be good if we could find out a bit more about that though. I'll ask. Because, of course, there's no harm in asking. Um, mm -hmm. Okay. So. I think there's. Um, Remy's in the house. Remy, I was singing your praises earlier, boy. Um, mm -hmm. All right, so thank you, Miss Charlene. Uh, she says, no way, Honorable Minister of Tourism, Kenneth Byron, this is not to happen. Good morning, Remy. I'm going to go eat me some leftovers after the show. Thank you, thank you. 
Uh, Sue says she didn't realize there was current out that way. There's listen, the ocean is that's a whole other cup of tea, folks. The ocean currents. Don't ask me, but a boater can explain. She doesn't matter where you are in the ocean. There's always a current going somewhere. So it's it it, it would be highly unusual for you to go in the water and the water not move you. It's always going to move a body, basically. Um, Sue was asking how his friends didn't know he was overboard. Well, first of all, we don't know he who he was who he was with. I mean, you could go in a party boat, not necessarily with friends, but by yourself. And I mean, obviously, there's other people in the boat, but they may not have been. You know, I don't know. We don't know who he went with. Like, we don't really have any of the details of how this happened. But I think again, it's a lot easier for it to happen than you probably realize. Somebody falls overboard and you're talking to somebody else. Like you weren't talking to them at the moment, paying attention to them. You're thinking maybe they went to the bathroom. Maybe, you know, they're just sitting on the ledge having a drink. So it can easily happen. Ms. Charlene says exactly Barker should be included in the North Sound area. Hopefully it was strictly due to currents. Well, um, I suspect that from the onset, this is probably going to be a search and recover. You know, um, so many factors here, but if a person can't swim or even if they can swim, um, if you're intoxicated in any way or you don't have the full, um, your full faculties, you can still drown even if you're a swimmer. And so maybe from the onset, this was, you know, it happened at night, which made the search more difficult. Jonathan says they're lucky that they even found him because there's all kinds of interesting monsters in that water too. Yeah, I think it's unfortunate. Uh, Miss Sue says it's great to know somebody who can shop for you. Well, like I said, she just kind of picks up stuff. Um, I did have my cousin-in-law, so this would be Marlon's cousin's wife. Uh, was that early in the year? I kind of sent her a list with some guidelines because I was like, listen, the closet's getting kind of desperate now. Half the stuff you can't wear because you keep expanding in the wrong direction. And then, you know, after a while, clothes just need to be replaced. They do have a life, a shelf life, although my clothes last a really long time, I must say. Um, one of the reasons is because I steam my clothes. Like I don't ever put a hot iron, like heat directly on it. I find for the material that really makes a difference. But I sent her a list and she is, she's a nurse by profession. Um, I don't know if she's a ICU nurse, but anyway, she's a nurse by profession. I think that she should be a personal shopper. Because she does a fantastic job. And how I discovered it is during the pandemic, I would say, oh, gosh, Gigi's outgrowing clothes because she's starting to grow. Like, she's getting taller and the pants are getting short. And so I'll just send her a little budget. Like, here's $250. See what you can do. And, man, what she can find for $250 is amazing. Ah, she gets shoes and accessories and, oh. The care package that we end up opening up, oh, Gigi's so excited. She's like, oh, I have something from Miami. It's technically not Miami, it's Tampa, but she only knows your Miami or Miami. Because depending on how you're having the conversation with her, she's like, oh, mommy, are you going to go to your Miami again? I'm like, no, it's Miami. She's like, yes, I said that, your Miami. <laughs> like, 
Okay, we're not gonna we're not gonna argue the proper name is actually Miami, not your Miami, but point taken. I get why she thinks that. Um, but yes, these care packages are great. Normally we pay more for the shipping than we do for the clothes to get it here. But now with AirPost, y'all know it's manageable. Uh, but from Tampa, she ends up shipping it, you know, direct through another courier service. But um, yeah, she did a great job. So she's shopped a couple times for Gigi. And then I sent her a budget for myself and she got me all sorts of stuff. Some of the tops, I'm like, hmm, I'll put it in the closet. I might wear it. But she did a really good job with the bottoms, with a lot of the bottoms. So sometimes you just got to try it, Miss Sue. You never know. But I sent her guidelines. Like, okay, this is, this is, I actually sent her a video in WhatsApp. Like, this is what the type of material that I like, the type of things I like. So you kind of have an idea of what my tastes are. Don't like anything too short, you know, got the boobs going on. So don't give me anything too tight on the top. This is the correct size, but then it depends on the material. So you got to send guidelines. And sometimes um, I've actually just packed up two bags full of stuff. Um, finally finished it because this has been like a month long plus situation with the closet. So I finally finished it and I still have a, another basket of maybe they might return to the closet. So I'm still going through those things, but I'm donating these clothes, you know, cause they're still in great quality. Some things I tell you, no lie. There was one or two things that still had the tags on them. Like the tags never even came off. So they've never been worn or anything. So I have a young lady um, in West Bay that I'm going to be, she gets first dibs at it. And then I've asked her to go through whatever she doesn't want. I'll recollect from her and then donate it to somebody else. Um, who has children that could potentially use the items. So yeah, this is what you do. I mean, I've got shoes that haven't been worn. You know, I'm going to put those in a donation bin and stuff as well. Um, so once in a while, you got to clear out the closet and kind of refresh the wardrobe. So thank you so much. Natasha says, in the lockdown, it proved that the non-refundable fee collected was insufficient when there were large numbers who needed to return home due to job loss. Yes, well, that's the thing about this non-refundable fee. I don't think it ever anticipated a situation like that. Um, because let's be honest, nobody anticipated COVID. I mean, COVID is a whole other cup of tea. So in situations where volumes of people have to return, it really is useless to have that set fee, right? So Junior says that they need to mandate life vests on boats. But whoever goes on a party boat, like, I don't even think people do it, Junior. I mean, I understand your point. But how often does somebody fall overboard? It doesn't really happen that often. Let's be quite honest. It's like once every, I can't recall. When was the last time somebody fell overboard on a party boat? I can't recall that happening any time in recent history. So... You have to be careful about mandating every little thing, right? I think that um, people just need to be careful. You need to think about your own personal safety. And I know that obviously um, if you're engaged in certain behavior, then yes, you know, it, it, it makes a difference um, when you're drinking for sure. So someone's asking about HSA's line. They're trying to call the flu hotline. I don't know. Let me ask them. 
I'm not aware of any issues, but uh, we can certainly find out. Um, oh, you just got through. Oh, good. Uh, Sue says, I used to love to um, shop for my family in Florida. Enjoyed it so much. And it's ridiculous duty to pay. Humane Society for donations. Yes. Yeah, so the, the Humane Society doesn't take clothes and stuff, right? They take, don't they take like books and stuff? I know they have a thrift shop, but I thought it was like a bookstore thrift shop. So I hate yard sales. Can I tell you, Sue? I'm not a yard sale person. I don't like putting them on and I don't like going to them. A couple of times when I lived in the States, there's someone that I used to date that would take me to yard sales. Saturday mornings, that was the thing. Oh, let's go check out this yard sale. It's like, but apparently if you have the patience for it, you can find good things at yard sales, like treasures, hidden treasures. And people just don't know that they've got this treasure, but a lot of it is just junk that people no longer want. And Hey, What's junk to one person is a treasure trove to somebody else. I'm not saying, you know, I'm not knocking it completely, but it's just not my thing. Like I don't enjoy yard sales, but I do love a good bargain shopping, Sue. I love to go into like a TJ Maxx, Marshalls. What's the other one called? That's in that whole chain um, where you can find clothes like really good price. And it's because um, Ross, TJ Maxx and Marshalls, right? Oh, it's last season's outfit, so automatically it's discounted. I'm like, who cares about last season, child? You know, some things are just a classic wear. You wear them forever. So anytime I'd go to like one of those stores, I would find the best name brand things. And my friends would be like, how do you find these? I never find anything good when I go there. I'm like, you got to know how to look. You got to have a really good eye. And you also, I think it's helpful. I've actually worked in retail, like when I lived in the States. So I think it's helpful if you know how retail works and how they organize shelves and how they put out merchandise. And so I know where to go digging for the really good finds. And a little bit of patience. Never hurts to have uh, patience when you're doing that. But I can walk in and out in like two, like half an hours, two half an hours. I was going to say two minutes initially, but I can walk in and out in about half an hour with a whole load of stuff. Trust me, everything. Mm -hmm. Um, Charlene says donate them numerous donated them. Oh, the Red Cross. Okay. Are they have they moved back to because I think their thrift shop, there was something about the thrift shop. I gotta try to remember how this was during the lockdown. It was in Merco Center or Cannon Place and not at the other location. Are they back now? So El Ray says, yes, plenty time and patience. I don't find that I need a lot of time, but if you got the right skills, I can be in and out fairly quickly and still find really good finds. But yeah, I found some great, nothing wrong with them. The material's good, you know. So um, my cousin there, um, Maria, she's very good at um, finding stuff as well. Maria's like, she's got a good eye. She sent a lot of stuff for the budget that I gave her. I was like, Lord, I kept pulling more stuff out. 
So we're going to do an unboxing here. I've got a little cure packet, courtesy of Miss Sharon from Miracle Brokers. So I'm not going to do it during the show. I'm going to do it later, and then I'll load it up. Don't you guys love to unbox stuff? Does anybody do unboxing in Cayman? It's a thing. It is a thing. People will unbox things like, oh, what's in the box? Let's check it out together kind of thing. Um, it's fun. I don't do it like professionally, obviously, but I think on this program, there's like room for a little stuff like that occasionally. Let's do an unboxing. So she has put a cleaning care package together for me and I'm excited to see what's in it. Can't wait. It's like, I didn't even have to go shopping. Here's a package of goodies for you. And I'm like, oh my God. Speaking of goodies, there's a chef who, um, message me. I think everybody gets the idea that I really love food, right? So there's a chef who messaged me who said, um, well, his wife actually. And she said, um, I got to show you what, uh, my husband has been making for me and we're going to prepare some for you. And I said to her, let me show you guys a few pictures. These look delicious. Um, oh gosh, let me just show you these because these are to die for. Mm -mm 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 -mm. I even got a video of him making, um, it looks like an apple pie, but it's like the fancy kind. OMG. I was looking at this going, mm -mm 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 -mm. hook me up girl. So when she sent me the first, let me show you guys this. When she sent me the first one, I was like, your husband's a chef because listen, let me show you the picture. Not everybody's making this in the middle of the day. I'm like, um, yum. These look divine. I said, is your husband a pastry chef? What? She's like, oh yes, he's a chef. I said, oh my God. In the husband department, that gets you like an extra 25 points right there. Being a chef. Oh yeah, honey child. You can feed your wife and family. Why not? Although I think Remy, correct me if I'm wrong, but most chefs when they're not working are probably like, Ugh, I'm not going to go home and cook on top of that, <laughs> you know, but look at these homemade bagels. Oh my gosh. Are they not beautiful? Mm. And it doesn't stop there. Hold on. I'm going to show you more. Because look at what else he's been up to. This hubby is keeping busy, I tell you. I'm like, wow. Hold on now. And look at that. Is that not beautiful? Wow. Gorgeous. Look at how nicely done those, the um, apple. He's like cut it perfectly. Mm-mm-mm. It's like a flower. Ah, oh, look at this. You know what Remy always used to tell us during cooking class? You eat with your eyes first. So presentation is important. Yeah, I mean, you can put any little thing, slop it together in a plate, and it still tastes good because normally you mix it together anyway. But I got to tell you, presentation does matter. Because when you see this, do you not think, mmm, I could dig right into that right now. Yes, that's what I'm thinking. 
Give me a piece of apple pie with some nice vanilla ice cream. Oh, wow. Gorgeous. So I'm looking forward to getting my little bagels later on. <laughs> so Aliana says, I held my tongue, but I'm uh, I'm being deckhanded operating a small boat where people are drinking. This situation sounds like a bad boat crew. It's called vigilance. The captain should not be drinking. Um, well, I don't think we know that the captain was drinking. I don't think he was. And ever present as to who is and isn't complying. Um, yeah, no, I don't think the captain, we don't know anything about the captain drinking. But when you have over 40 people on a boat, Aliano, can you really keep, what, what's the what's the deckhand or crew to passenger ratio? Like you might have five passengers on a boat that size, that over 40 people. I'm saying, I don't think it's, I think it's very possible to not keep an eye on someone all the time and have this happen and you don't miss them for five minutes. But five minutes going overboard at night in the water is like, as you can see, a really bad situation. Hmm. Um, Jessica says, Courtney Bryan, where's Courtney? Who's Courtney Bryan? Got a store um, to you if you have time, find time. Where is that store? Courtney Bryan? Uh, <laughs> Remy says, agree. No cooking at home. They can't afford it. So Remy, your wife does all the cooking at home? I think I knew this already. Remy's like, oh, I'm not going to make these fancy dishes at home. Forget it. Um, oh, yes, because Remy's dishes, you know, he, he goes all out. Um, I was actually telling someone last night. Um, I had a I had a client who uh, I was like working at their location. This was like years ago. So every day I'd go into town, like at a regular kind of nine to five at their location, right? Doing some compliance work. And I'll never forget that um, every single morning, because it was kind of close by, I would pop into Kirk's and I'd get like, you know, some breakfast, porridge, whatever. And without fail, most mornings, who did I see there? But Chef Remy shopping getting like the nicest cuts of meats and all the freshest vegetables. And he was all over, like he's very particular about his vegetables and stuff like that. Um, Cause you know, again, they gotta be fresh. They gotta, they taste delicious. Remy, I was saying earlier that Gianna said that her favorite part of the dinner last night was your edible flour. So she's like, I love the flour that I could eat. Um, very, very pretty. Uh, Charlene agrees that presentation is vital. Louis says, I'd like some kunk stew <laughs> with coconut or jerk chicken and festival. Homesick. Aw. Now, you say you want kunk stew cooked with coconut or jerk chicken, so you want that all together? Like, you could sit down and eat stew kunk and jerk chicken and festival? Hmm. I don't know. I don't know if I could eat jerk chicken with stew kunk. Like, I feel like if I'm going to eat stew kunk, I want it like a proper... With my white rice, my stew kunk, my breadfruit. What else? Plantain. You know you got to have plantain with that. Oh, my God. I love me a plantain, right? Um, <laughs> Celine says, wow, nice. If I had to eat like this all the time, I'd really get fat. I know. Trust me. But I'm kind of one of those people. I'm like, I, I would exercise. Not that I'm doing it right now. I got all kinds of excuses, but I exercise. I remember when I used to hit the gym really hard. 
I was exercising to eat. I'm going to be very honest with you. I was exercising so I could feel like I could eat without feeling incredibly guilty about it. But you know, diet is 80%. Ooh, Lavanya. Uh, Lavanya, what's on your menu today, please? She says that presentation sure is key because you eat with your eyes first. Yes, Remy always used to say it, child. He's like, you're eating with your eyes first. And when he'd fix up our little plates for us at the cooking class, I'd be like, oh, looks divine. Uh, Alex says cooking is a passion. For you, Alex? Well, you know we're going to be launching a cooking show soon. I keep saying that, but we got to get we got to get it going. And this is where we come to you. And you cook and we talk and we eat. So, you interested, Alex? If it's your passion, let us know. Message me at 324-1612. Yes, I love I like cooking. Um, people do enjoy my food. But I don't kick a whole lot. And I must tell you, Remy has motivated me in the kitchen on more than one occasion. I'm like, I'm going to try something different. Because I think this is how Chef Remy would like during cooking class tell us to, you know. So, um, yeah, so people enjoy when I cook. I feel like I, I wish I had more time for it. But, yeah. All right, just a few things in international news. Um so as you guys know, obviously no cruise ships for the remainder of this year will be coming to the Cayman Islands. Um, that's a given. I saw it trending in the news again recently, and I'm thinking, isn't that old news? Because I know we covered it before. But October 12th, um, Cruise News put up a story again that says that we're not going to be allowing any ships back until 2022. But I'm like, yeah, we said that earlier. <laughs> Have you been paying attention? Um, the interesting thing that they asked was this very interesting question. Are Cayman Islands cruises a thing of the past? So isn't this a super interesting question? So because we are not reopening... Uh, you know, rushing to reopen during the pandemic, they're already asking the question, um, is cruise tourism dead? And I thought, hmm, that's a bit, um, that's a bit of a jump, an assumption. But it is interesting because I think the entire pandemic has caused us to recognize that we have to reevaluate our priorities when it comes to tourists even. So here's what they said. Are Cayman Islands cruises a thing of the past? So it says here that um, cruise lines generate a total of $224 million in cruise tourism expenditures in the Cayman Islands during 2017 and 2018. The Caribbean cruise destination is not willing to let cruise ships back in the country at this time. Well, so what? So this is based off of a CNS article, they say. Which, again, we said this like months ago. Like, I, I'm, I'm legit confused as to why this is now coming up. So that was back in July that the government said that it wouldn't be happening this year. So I don't know why this is a new story now, but anyway. Um, 
It says that the cruise industry has been in stormy waters with the Cayman Islands for more than a year, with the local government seemingly unwilling to reopen cruise tourism on any meaningful basis. Are you kidding me? How are we going to reopen cruise tourism and on a meaningful basis during this pandemic? Which we knew and we now know was handled. That's another report that we need to be getting a hold of. Was handled horribly, horribly by the cruise industry. They helped spread the virus all over the world. Come on now. Do better. Do better. You know? Mm-mm. So anyway, you know, obviously this this cruise publication, they have an interest, I'm sure. They cover all cruise news and they're trying to make this into a thing. I'll stick it up on Facebook and Instagram. Y'all can talk about it. For me, this is kind of stupid. Um, how can we reopen in any meaningful way right now? Most cruise lines, I think, are still accepting that, um, you know, it's, it's going to be a situation where we cannot uh, just fling open the doors when it comes to cruise tourism because they pose too much of a risk. So it says, while much of uh, this has to do with the pandemic and the islands wishing to keep <coughs> any outside infections out as much as possible, the focus on other forms of tourism and cutting emissions also play an important role. Well, we're not open to any other tourists yet, so it's a bit of a peculiar article, to be honest. Of course, it then talks about um, Alden McLaughlin in 2009 initially welcomed the initiative from several cruise lines, and it names them to build a cruise dock in Georgetown, and they quote him. And then it says, according to local news reports, support for the cruise industry's presence in the area is getting smaller. And at the same time, locals are wishing to focus on overnight tourism, such as diving, medical tourism, and financial tourism for offshore banking. What the heck is financial tourism? I think they just threw that in there. <laughs> so I think it was a slow news day. And um, they decided to just stick this story up there. I'm sure cruise tourism will be back, but again, I think the pandemic has taught us a lot of lessons, even with cruise ships. So would I feel bad about us focusing more on stay over tourists? Not at all. They're the ones who spend more money. They're here, you know, renting cars, um, eating out at restaurants, you know, doing, buying gas for the car. Like they do way more than someone who's here for three, four hours off a boat. Super cheap people pre-booking tours um, from on the boat where the cruise lines get the majority of the cut. They're getting 60% of that. So, yeah. Exactly, Darlene. I don't know if anyone right now who's running cruises that has any sense. So, I don't even know why this is really an issue, to be honest. Good folks, that's it. We are out of time already.
Can you believe it? No, neither can I. I wish you guys a wonderful day. Press conference at three o'clock. So tune back in for that. We'll get some updates on um, what the government is saying. And then um, yeah, and then tomorrow is Friday. And yeah, that's it. You guys have a wonderful day. Send me message me your song thoughts for 1982 for Blake and Aaron in the morning. Folks, have a fantabulous day. Again, big shout out to uh, Kevin, who was selected as employee of the quarter at his job there in Lakeland. Well done. Make us proud. And tonight, do not forget. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Do not forget tonight, uh, Kevin is hosting the show. Um, Dr. Edwin Michael. And he's going to be looking at the Cayman COVID-19 data. And he's actually created projections over the coming months, into the coming year, uh, calculated possibilities of the COVID fade out with the current interventions, including how far the country is from herd immunity. So he's coming on today's Spotlight Show, and he's going to be sharing a lot with us. So please, folks, do not miss that show, 7 p.m. tonight, 7 p.m. sharp. Um, hopefully no technical difficulties. I don't know what happened on Tuesday. That was the first time that happened, actually. But do tune in. Um, we'll see you guys then. And uh, please enjoy the rest of your day. Be safe. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of The Cold Hard Truth. Make sure to check Facebook for showtimes and more information and the latest news at CaymanMarlRoad.com. Subscribe to our IG and Facebook pages to get the latest happenings. 